When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. This is the Friday, May 12th edition of the podcast. As we head on into the weekend, wrap up another week here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Make sure you head over to VEASAN.com. Check out everything that we have to offer, including my daily article Monday through Saturday, Podcast, of course, Monday through Friday. As you know, we have a lot of good stuff in our podcast library, a lot of good stuff over at vcin.com for you to check out as well, including some things that Zach Cohen and I worked on late into the night last night. A look at all 32 NFL teams with their schedules, season win total odds, futures prices, some scheduling quirks, some schedule analysis, clips in there from vcin tonight with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans. So you got a lot of stuff for the upcoming NFL season over there at vcin.com, and also we'll be coming out with our NFL betting guide not too far in the distant future. Same thing with our college football betting guide as well. So it's a good time to sign up over at vcin.com slash subscribe. Of course, you can check out that introductory offer for $9.99 as well. Getting a little bit of a late start, actually quite a late start on today's podcast, late posting for the article as well. Got tied up with some things here this morning. Also a couple of technical issues getting set up for the podcast. So with that, just going to go ahead and dive right in here. And just, you know, one thing that I've been doing on Fridays, one thing I've been doing kind of on a week-by-week basis, both looking at during the work week and then also looking at the weekend, kind of comparing some of the offensive numbers around Major League Baseball here. And now for the season, 247 average, 320 on base, 405 slugging, a 318 weighted on base average, 296 batting average on balls in play. Remember that number. Strikeout percentage, 22.7% walk rate. 8.8%. So that's for the full season here. But Monday to Thursday, 235 average, 308 on base, 389 slugging, a 307 weighted on base average, a 281 batting average on balls in play from Monday to Thursday. Strikeout rate down half a percent, 22.2%. Walk rate down to 8.6%. 
So look, in, in small sample sizes, and I think this is just kind of an example of Major League Baseball in general, in small sample sizes, there will be a lot of variance, both on a player level, on a game level, on a league-wide level. Over this four-day sample, we've seen some negative variance offensively, where the batting average down 12 points, the on-base percentage down 12 points, slugging percentage down 16 points, and the big reason why the batting average on balls in play down 15 points here over the last four days. And that's not some kind of referendum on defense. It's certainly not an upgrade in terms of pitchers, although it feels like maybe over the last few days we have had more major league caliber starting pitchers than we haven't. But again, the pitcher injuries that we're seeing across the league here, something that we'll have to keep in mind throughout the course of the season. But I think just generally speaking, this is just an example of the variance of baseball and the fact that you, know, you do have these ebbs and flows, these ups and downs, particularly with something like batting average on balls in play, which doesn't really reach a stabilization point for individual players throughout the course of the season. So it's always open to interpretation, always open to fluctuations. And that was the case here over the last few days with the batting average on balls in play. So if you've noticed offense being down over the last few days, that's largely the reason why. Um, you know, we're not really getting great May weather, I would say, at least not to this point. So that's something for you to keep in mind as well. Uh, but, you know, when you kind of look at Major League Baseball on the whole here, again, sort of that baseline that we're seeing, it's going to be up and down, you know. But overall, I think the full body of work going to look pretty similar, I think, over the course of the season to what we have here now. But again, as I mentioned, you know, we do have the potential for some better weather as we go forward here. Uh, another thing I want to mention really quickly is, you know, I talked about it yesterday on the show in terms of looking at minor league call-ups and comparing some of the minor leagues and all that kind of thing. That is really, really important because I understand that, you know, a lot of people want to shy away from these new starting pitchers that they don't know about or these minor league guys, these journeymen, stuff like that. Also, I believe, as I alluded to on one of the previous episodes, we're going to start seeing more openers. We got two of them today, uh, the Giants and the Royals sending out openers in their respective games. Of course, the Rays, they just do it all the time anyway. But that will be something that I think we see going forward. Teams trying to piggyback a mediocre bulk reliever, long reliever, whatever you want to call it, with an opener. But again, I think it's very important to do your work, do your due diligence, because Right now, in terms of what I'm seeing in the betting markets, lines may be tightening up a little bit. I think we've got enough sample size in some of these pitchers to make some determinations. But also, the game is just very high variance at this point in time this season because a lot of it is really just boiling down to what we see with runners in scoring position, which teams are cashing in, which teams aren't. And that can vary from day to day, week to week, month to month. And I think that's something that I've kind of run into here a little bit where, you know, admittedly, I, it's not been that great of a season for me so far. And, and specifically, you know, it's been a real grind here this month and, and a very frustrating one at that. But I think that, you know, what we kind of have to look at here is, you know, just thinking about the fact that teams are getting more chances with runners in scoring position and the better off you are at planning for the team that should have more opportunities, hopefully the better off you're going to be. And it's kind of challenging right now with Major League Baseball because, again, a lot of these games are just coming down to, you know, teams are going five for 15 with men in scoring position. A team that goes three for 15 doesn't score. A team that goes five for 15 does. 
that's what I think is deciding a lot of these games here. And I think that it's kind of led to a pretty difficult betting environment for me personally. I think it's been a little bit challenging to kind of find some of those edges or at least look to exploit some of those edges because it feels like recently I've had a lot of pitchers that have given up a lot of base runners, but have kind of worked around it. You know, I've kind of pit, they pitched a contact and still work around it. So baseball is just kind of made for these ruts. And, and you know, you kind of have to run good. It's almost like being on a team by team level where, you know, you, you kind of have to just hope that you're running good with men in scoring position that, you know, these teams are cashing in for you. And it's it's been challenging. It's been very frustrating. Uh, it's definitely not what I'm accustomed to because, you know, when you talk about this environment where you're getting more base runners, more stolen bases, all these kinds of things, you know, the the pitchers that don't allow a lot of scoring opportunities traditionally are allowing some more of them because of this environment. And you know, then it comes down to timing of strikeouts and all these kinds of things. So we're through what about, uh, you know, a month and a half ish of the season here. And, you know, I'm trying to stay committed to my process, trying not to overanalyze, trying not to change too much. But it is a very difficult thing when you have a process that you feels like works for you and you have to really adapt in a lot of different ways. That's something that can be kind of challenging, both from a mental standpoint and also just from the process that kind of becomes like muscle memory that you're so used to doing. So, Look, you have to make adjustments in every season. I'm trying to make those. Hopefully the results do come. But I guess this is kind of a long-winded, frankly, apology for how the things for how the plays have gone over the last, you know, couple of weeks here, where it's just been uh, you know, a slow bleed. And it's been very, very frustrating to me. I'm playing edges that I think I have. I'm playing based on the stats that I'm analyzing. And sometimes those things just don't work out. So I guess not only is it an apology, but also kind of imploring you to Stick around with me here. Uh, stick around as we kind of navigate through this tougher part uh, of the Major League Baseball season. And, and usually this time of the year isn't for me because I've got some data. I've got some regression candidates and stuff like that that I can rely on. But unfortunately, those things really haven't come to the forefront here of late. So hopefully Friday is the day. Thank you for sticking it out with me. And when we come back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets, a look at that Friday Major League Baseball card. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I realized that was sort of jumpy in the first half of today's show. I do apologize for that. Maybe a little bit of a scramble to get this show out just because I started the podcast a little bit late here today. But uh, in any event, you know, I do genuinely appreciate everybody listening, everybody tuning in. Hopefully I can bring you some more winners here with the show as we go forward. But, you know, look, I mean, baseball is a game that fundamentally changes year in and year out, whether it's the ball the rule changes, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and right now it's been a little bit of a struggle. So hopefully that does turn around here on the show. Taking a look at some of these games here to kind of hit on really quickly for Friday. As I said, getting a late start to the podcast. So I'm going to rapid fire through these. Yuri Perez making his major league debut for the Marlins here today against Graham Ashcraft and the Reds. Marlins, pretty sizable favorite given a debut. Anywhere from minus 135 to minus 140 out there in the betting markets. The thing about Yuri Perez is he's six foot eight. So if he has any measure of command in this start, it'll probably be pretty tough for the Reds to hit him. You don't see a lot of six foot eight starting pitchers out there. They come from a different arm slot. They can work up in the zone. And a guy like Perez, who sits in the easy upper 90s, those fastballs are going to get on these hitters very, very quickly, makes it tough to square them up. So even though he's making the leap from double A to the big leagues, there's definitely a pathway for him to have some success here. Also, I would kind of expect Graham Ashcraft to bounce back a little bit. You have eight runs on six hits and inning and two thirds last time out. The lack of strikeouts really caught up with him, and he's only struck out 17 batters over his last five starts. That makes it very, very challenging. So we'll see what he does here in a good pitcher's park against the Marlins, a Marlins offense that's a borderline bottom five group against right-handed pitching. Uh, so again, a game where I think it could be pretty low scoring, but it is always tough to kind of ascertain what you're going to get from these debut starters, especially to take an under with such a low total like seven and a half. Mets and Nationals here. Tyler McGill, Mackenzie Gore in this one. McGill's not been super sharp for the Mets here. 433 ERA, 540 FIP, and 35 and a third innings pitched. 27 strikeouts, 18 walks. He's allowed five homers. And I think he's a little bit fortunate to have a 433 ERA because he stranded a lot of those walks despite the fact that he doesn't have many strikeouts. But a 34.3% hard hit percentage for McGill is at least suggestive that his command is not bad. He's limiting hard contact. 
maybe he will continue to outperform some of his advanced metrics. Whereas with Mackenzie Gore, 80.2% left on base percentage, his strikeout rate actually increases based on whether or not there are men on base or nobody on base. That's something I don't necessarily know about. I'm not sure there will be a continuation of that throughout the course of the season. But I mean, who wants to bet on the Mets right now? They're really struggling. The Nationals are scrappy. They're hanging in there on a day-to-day basis. Tough handicap there, but I just wanted to mention McGill and Gore quickly, where I'm not entirely sure this is Gore pitching at his true talent level. I guess the raw talent is great, but the polish has been the thing that's not always there. Is it all of a sudden there now? I guess it could be, but I do think Mackenzie Gore is a guy that we may see a kind of a correction in his numbers. The problem is that nobody trusts the Nationals, so it's still kind of expensive to fade a guy like Gore. Philadelphia Phillies and Colorado Rockies here at Coors Field. Taiwan Walker, Austin Gomber in this one. And, you know, for Austin Gomber, a guy the market doesn't really like, but over his last 17 innings of work, he's only given up three runs, home start against the Diamondbacks, pitched against the Guardians and the Mets as well. Uh, but Gomber is a guy that, you know, generally pitches to a lot of contact. That's not a great thing at Coors Field. Uh, he's only struck out, you know, 10 of the 66 batters over his last few starts. So it's not really a profile that I want to bet on to continue. But the Phillies struggle against lefties, and they don't really do a good job of working counts against lefties either. So even though this looks like a little bit of a short line for Philadelphia, especially relative to Gomber, his career numbers, and kind of what your expectation is at Coors Field, still tough to bet on Taiwan Walker, I think, in this environment where he's struggled 13 runs on 13 hits over seven and a third two starts ago. Uh, well, prior to his last start, I guess I should say, pitched really well against Boston, which that's the thing that's been kind of a frustration for me. I, I keep fading guys against pretty good offenses, and they just pop up with a good start for one reason or another. Didn't have anything in that start with Walker against the Red Sox, but that's one where he was getting his head caved in, faces a Boston lineup that's second and weighted on base average against lefty or righties, excuse me, and he all of a sudden throws a gem. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy the way that those things kind of happen. But interesting game, interesting series there uh, between the Phillies and the Rockies. Jumping forward here to the Padres and the Dodgers, because I don't have anything really to say about Giants and Diamondbacks other than the Giants using an opener in that one. Padres and Dodgers is really interesting because you got Blake Snell and Dustin May here in this one. And keep in mind, the Dodgers are bad against lefties. They've been bad most of the season. However, they do have a 95 WRC plus. So they're only 5% below league average now, even though their weighted on base average ranks 23rd. Uh, So the Dodgers... If they continue to get bet against facing left-handed pitching, there may be some buy points on this team after that line kind of stabilizes a little bit. Also, they have almost an 11% walk rate in that split against lefties. And the one thing about Blake Snell that you really worry about is the walk rate. And interestingly enough, for Snell this year, highest hard hit percentage of his career, up to 44.3%. That's about 10% above his career average. Only his second season above 40%. But he's still kind of largely pitched around it to some degree. 489 ERA, 548 FIPS. So he has gotten hit around a bit, but maybe not to the degree that you would expect with so many walks and so much hard contact. Do the Dodgers come with a good performance against Blake Snell tonight? I certainly think it's a possibility. And for Dustin May, Babbitt against under 200, he's not really missing bats at all. He had a 3% swinging strike rate against the Padres last time out. 
This is a game where there could be some runs in this one, and, and it does have a pretty high total here with the Dodgers, about a $1.35, $1.40 favorite. But this total is up to nine with juice. And remember, we've seen a lot of distrust for the Dodgers against left-handed pitching. But here, even though we're kind of seeing the, the line move around a little bit from a money line standpoint, a lot of love for the total and a lot of love for the over, which is interesting given the Dodgers against lefties. So that was one of the line moves today that really stood out to me. Another one that stood out as we go to the American League here is the Angels and the Guardians. So this line has come back down a little bit. Now, it was kind of peaking at minus 140 out there in the marketplace. Tyler Anderson and Logan Allen in this one. And what was so interesting about this line move is that the Guardians are pathetic against lefties. I mean, they're pathetic offensively against everybody, but they're really bad against lefties this year. And I've talked about it a few times on the show, talked about it in the article, talked about it on VSIN appearances. When teams are bad against the lefty, the market moves against them. Today, the market moved on Cleveland, even though Tyler Anderson for the Angels also left-handed. And furthermore, this Angels offense, which is seventh and weighted on base average against lefties, was in the top five for a while. So the Angels have this massive offensive advantage based on the year-to-date statistics, and yet money came in on Logan Allen here. So I thought that was really, really fascinating. I can't back Cleveland in their inept offense at this kind of price, but that was a line move that really stood out to me because this matchup, even though Logan Allen is better than Tyler Anderson, and the initial line was suggestive of that with Cleveland in the minus 125 range, it was still really interesting to see kind of that early morning movement on the Guardians here in this battle of lefties. So we'll see how it plays out, but that was the most interesting line move, I think, of the day for me. Astros and White Sox here, J.P. France and Michael Kopech. Uh, Michael Kopech has allowed a 53.2% hard hit percentage this season, a barrel rate over 19%. He's been getting rocked virtually in every start, and if he doesn't get rocked from a line score standpoint, he's still giving up a lot of hard contact. But what's really interesting about this game is the Astros are 27th in weighted on base average against righties. This Houston offense has not hit throughout the course of this season. Their pitching has honestly been quite good, and I think there were some concerns about the depth of the rotation, but this offense has been quite bad. So let's see if they can get back on track here against Kopech, who's been giving up missiles all over the field all season long, because this should be a matchup that's pretty good, I think, for the Astros in a lot of ways, because matchups against Michael Kopech have been pretty good for everybody in a lot of ways. Wanted to mention this Rangers and A's game quickly, kind of a throwaway game, I think, for a lot of people with the Rangers, $1.65 or so favorite. Total on this game touching nine now over at DraftKings Sportsbook, and that makes sense. You know, Martin Perez is a guy that I talked about having a lot of regression signs. Of course, he regresses on a Sunday when I don't do the article and gets his brain beaten in by the Angels in that start. Gave up seven runs on eight hits and three and two-thirds. He's got a 386 ERA, 451 FIP now. So there's still a little bit more regression to come here, I think, for Perez. But his ERA jumped almost a run and a half with that bad start. So maybe, unfortunately, we kind of missed the boat a little bit there on that one. And what's really challenging here is that the Angel, or the Athletics have been really good against lefties, but a lot of that damage coming on the road. They're 25th in weighted on base average against lefties at home. They've been an above-average road offense, as I've talked about a lot here, 
I think they're even undervalued to some degree on the road, but at home at the Coliseum in front of the sparse crowds, they've done very, very little. So I thought about fading Martin Perez today by taking the over in this game, but that's a big number at the Coliseum, especially when you don't know what you're really going to get out of Oakland. I would expect that the Rangers do pretty well here against Ken Waldachuk. They're fourth in weighted on base average. Should be a good matchup for them. But man, Oakland Coliseum is just, it's always a tough place to try and invest in those higher totaled games. And I think a nine at the Coliseum is definitely going to classify as a higher totaled game here. Pittsburgh Pirates and Baltimore Orioles with some interleague action. Won't talk about all of these games, but I definitely want to mention this one. Because Eno Saris over at The Athletic today wrote an article about Kyle Bradish and how his stuff plus his pitching plus numbers look better than what his actual performances have been. And he's got a 595 ERA, 514 FIP, 13 runs allowed on 19 hits over his last three starts, 58, 55.8% hard hit percentage, 14% barrel rate in those last three outings. Now he's faced the Red Sox, Tigers, and Braves. And interestingly enough, it was the Tigers that hit him the hardest from a hard hit percentage standpoint. But the fact that Bradish was mentioned in that Eno Saris article kind of led me to believe there would be some money coming in on Baltimore today. That has not been the case. So usually when you get, you know, I, I used to call it the fan graphs bump because it used to be, you know, kind of coming off of an article from fan graphs. But when Eno Saris, who's an expert in terms of analyzing pitchers, comes out with an article usually you see some respect paid to his thoughts in the betting market. Not the case here so far today with Bradish is this line hovering in the minus 150, minus 155 range. So we'll see if Bradish winds up with some more success. I would have expected betters to be more interested in fading Johan Oviedo, who's allowed 19 runs in his last 12 and two thirds. But that's a game where, you know, we have seen that total creep up to nine. I think that makes sense. I thought about the over in that game. But that's one where let's watch Bradish and see if he looks like a guy that maybe we can back in the future here. I almost took a stab on the Red Sox. They're minus 110, minus 115 at home here against the St. Louis Cardinals. Total of 11 for this one with Adam Wainwright and James Paxton. Now, James Paxton making his first start since 2021. He only went an inning and a third in that start. So effectively, his first start in basically forever. In the minor leagues, five rehab starts for him. He's allowed 16 runs on 18 hits and 21 and two-thirds. Struck out 26, walked 16. So Paxton has not been super sharp in his minor league starts. That's why I stayed off of Boston here at minus 115 in this game. I misspoke at six minor league starts, but you don't want to read too much into those because guys are trying to be healthy. Guys are trying to work through their arsenals, use all their pitches, stuff like that. But you'd still like to see some results and not see 16 walks. So for Paxton, uh, tough to like that profile going into today's game. All right, a couple of plays for you here on the Friday card. We start in Motown. The Detroit Tigers are hosting the Seattle Mariners. Mariners still a road favorite out there in the marketplace, mostly minus 115. This was even money plus 100 on the Tigers for the article. But look, the Mariners are bad against lefties. They're 29th in weighted on base average. They get one here in Matthew Boyd. And again, Detroit, 2-14 and 14 against the American League East, 16-5 and five against everybody else. They're very close. They're knocking on the door of being a 500 team. And offensively for them, I mean, look, I give them a lot of credit. They do have the sixth highest 
K percentage against lefties this season. But look, I mean, this is an offense that based on kind of the strength of schedule that they've faced, the fact that they're sort of hovering in the league average type of range is pretty impressive. And honestly, they're 3% above league average against lefties by WRC+. plus. That's a big gap over what Seattle is with a 74 WRC+. Plus. And remember, there's a big curve given to T-Mobile Park because it's such a good pitcher's park, but they're still at a 74 WRC+. Plus. And for Detroit, it's tough to hit at Comerica Park in the cold the cold weather months. So offensively, I give the Tigers a lot of credit. I think they're the better lineup against lefties, and the stats bear that out. They have a higher hard hit percentage for the season, and the Mariners just don't hit lefties, and they get one tonight in Boyd. So it took the Tigers at plus money. I still think at minus 105, it's okay. If it starts creeping higher than that, maybe a tough bet to make. Uh, you can still find some plus 105s out there in the stratosphere, something like that. But I do like the Tigers today, anywhere around even money over the Mariners. The other play I like for today, taking a shot on a dog, and that is the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are an underperforming team here so far this season because they've struggled in one-run games. But you got Drew Smiley and Sonny Gray here in this one. Smiley's been great. 305 ERA, 375 FIP, 27.1% hard hit percentage against, only six barrels. And also, you know, this Twins lineup, they've struggled against lefties themselves. 27th in WOBA against lefties at 283. They've struck out over 28% of the time. This is not a great matchup for a Twins lineup that struggles against Southpaws. And for Sonny Gray, yeah, the numbers are fantastic, right? $1.35 ERA, 208 FIP, 40 innings of work. But he's running an 86% left on base percentage. I think it's tough to see him keep pitching out of jams. But honestly, the biggest reason I like the Cubs today, when you look at who Gray has faced this season, the Guardians, the Royals twice, the Yankees without Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, the Red Sox, the White Sox, and the Astros. Those teams, by weighted on base average, against right-handed pitching, 30th, the Guardians, 25th, the Royals, 21st, Yankees, 2nd, the Red Sox. Good start. Kudos to him for that. 24th for the White Sox and 27th for the Astros. The Cubs are 7th in weighted on base average against righties. They have the 6th lowest strikeout percentage in that split. So I think this line is just too high. Took the Cubs plus 135 over the Twins. So Tigers even money, Cubs plus 135 against the Twins are the two plays here for today on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Hopefully you've enjoyed this week of shows. Remember, on Monday, the Monday Mailbag coming up this Monday, Monday Mailbag. A Burke at VEASAN.com to send me questions or on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Would love any submissions you want to send over. To paraphrase Jim Carr from Slapshot, please keep the questions within the realm of good taste. Uh, my buddy Anthony sending me some uh, not questions within the realm of good taste. So please do that. Keep the questions PG at a minimum uh, for the upcoming Monday mailbag here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'll talk to you again on Monday, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, safe, and smart weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday with that Monday mailbag edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.